Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Gordon, it is a Wednesday, and you know what that means. means we're giving something away. Giving away some tickets on a Win Ticket Wednesday. Talon? This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a Win Ticket Wednesday. Wednesday. Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, and we're going to hook you up with tickets to go see Shinedown. They'll be on the road this summer in support of their latest album, Attention, Attention. Come rock out with them and special guests, Bad Flower, Dinosaur Pileup, and Broken Hands, July 18th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be the 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. I know you're going to be front row at Shinedown, Gordon. Probably not, but... Uh, Moshing you know, with all the kids. Oh, it's good for whoever wants to go enjoy it. Now, people do some really dumb things sometimes, Jake. Uh-oh. Where are we going with this? I just noticed this, that a mother was arrested in... Uh, where was this? Illinois. Illinois again. She had her two daughters sit in, in an inflatable pool on top of her car to keep it from flying away as she was driving it. Does that really? sound like a good idea? <laughs> you kids you kids hold this down. There's a picture of it. Yeah. Oh wow. She should have been arrested. You know they make these things called uh, straps. By these bungee cords, whatever yeah. they are. What do you call those things? Bungee cords are fine. Yeah, bungee cords. What else would they call them? I don't know. But yeah, you can you can strap things down to a car pretty easily, actually. You know, I think that inflatable pool might fly off the top of the car. Hey, uh, honey, we get in that thing. Thank you. Hold that down, will you? <laughs> Terrific. I've heard of parents say, "Hold that down before," but this takes it to a whole other level. Hmm. Well, well, that is a dumb decision right there. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. that one wasn't. Uh, well, it wasn't very smart. All right, Gordon. Hey, uh, I want to bring this up with you. And we chatted a little bit about it before the show. And I, I think there's an interesting conversation here. But Chauncey Billups, how do you like Chauncey as a commentator, by the way? Uh, I think he's got strong opinions at times. I mean, the whole point is an agreement. The whole point is that uh, you want somebody who will bring up points of view that uh, might be different from yours that are interesting to, to consider. <laughs> Well, he went on uh, Sirius XM Radio on the NBA channel and did an interview where he said some really interesting things about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he said that uh, Carmelo's problem was scoring 30 meant too much to Melo. Mm. And basically, he he said, he, he kind of anecdotally said that there were some games where he'd play with Carmelo and Carmelo would score 20 or 22 points and they'd win and he'd be upset about it in the locker room. He mm. wouldn't be happy. And there were some nights that he scored 36, and they'd lose, and he'd be the guy in the locker room being like, oh, come on, guys, you know, there's another game coming out. It was more upbeat and uplifting. I'll bet that there, this, uh, this sentiment 
is more pervasive than people are willing to admit. Well, here here is what's interesting about this, though. He said it's the reason that Melo isn't in the league, because Carmelo hasn't mentally gotten to the standpoint where he says, I'll be a role player, yeah. I'll be a contributor, I'll come off the bench, and has is still in that i got to score 30 mentality, and it's the reason teams don't. And we, by the way, we saw it in Oklahoma City right. when he played there a couple of years ago when he refused to go to the bench and and did all that. He sort laughed of thing. at it, didn't right? He? Yeah, and uh, the, the, I think I think that's really insightful on Chauncey Billups' part, actually, uh, the, the point that he's making there. But you look at Russell Westbrook, where the the triple doubles are such a big deal to him that he's got teammates getting out of his way so mm. that he can grab the rebound. Right, right. And you, when we were talking about this off the air, you brought up. Something I thought uh, that that was right on point, actually. We look at this and we kind of scoff and say, oh, you know, it's about winning and being a member of the team. But these guys get paid based on those stats. And how much how much recognition and everything have the everybody out there given Russell Westbrook because of the triple double feats and and the MVP and all this? But it's not about it's not about winning. It's about his individual accolades. We talked uh, off the air about uh, Devin Booker checking himself back into the game this past year against the Jazz because he wanted to get fifty, it, which was just ridiculous. But that's my point of view. And he certainly. Uh, cut off Coach Kokoshkov's legs in the process where yeah. uh, Igor didn't want to bring him back into the game. The game was over. Right. But the the star says he's checking back in to get 50 and he's going back in to get 50. There, there are a lot of players who care a lot about the stat sheet. And I've known some players through the years who you would not expect to care about the stat sheet who care deeply about the stat sheet. And it's got nothing to do with winning. It's got nothing to do with a team game. It's got everything to do with ego and with the paycheck. Getting paid. Yep. Well, Jabari Parker made those infamous comments about how he's not paid to play defense, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of thought, well, geez. But he's right. I mean, it was not smart to say. You're right. Uh-huh. It, it was not smart to make that opinion public, but he's not wrong. Yeah. And that's why both you and I, we value two-way players so much. And I think they should be paid. And I think in some cases they are. I mean, personnel people aren't stupid. I mean, they know what a guy is going to contribute at both ends of the floor if he is willing to do that and has the skill set to pull it off. But this happens a lot, and it's unfortunate. But until teams are willing to pay those those gritty dudes – who step in and do the things necessary to do at the same rate they pay the guys who score like Carmelo, then this is going to be a problem. And I've said this before, but it was it was why I honestly liked, and I know rolling back the same roster wasn't the most popular decision last year, but I, I honestly liked that the Jazz gave Derek Favors uh, the deal that they gave him, where you, a lot of people looked at that deal and said, oh, that's too much for right. him. Yeah, and good, good And point. talked about the two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Derek, more than anybody else, had sacrificed for the betterment of the team. Yeah, he did. He sacrificed his role. He, he, he got out of his comfort zone because the Jazz went away from the things that he was good at. Uh, they no longer wanted him to take those mid-range elbow jumpers and the, and took away his post moves and things that he was really developing into into being good. Yeah. And they said, you need to do this a different way for the betterment of the team. And he did it. And he did it without complaint. And he did it without having a bad attitude. 
And so when you looked at Derek's numbers leading into that contract year, maybe you said, boy, his numbers don't warrant that kind of contract. But his his attitude and what he did for the team 100% deserved that reward. And I, uh, I'm with you. I don't I don't think we see that very often. Right. And I, and But I think the fans picked up on it. And quite frankly, I think the coaching staff, I think everybody picked up on it to a point of new appreciation, new levels of appreciation for what he was willing to do. Derek Favors, I remember having – discussions on the air about who was more valuable to the Jazz back in the day, Gordon Hayward or Derek Favors. And there was good points on both sides of that. Favors was contributing in a major way and could have gone on. He he has the ability to do that. He was not utilized necessarily that way because the Jazz were going for a different offensive approach. And so he did not get those chances, but he could do it. Well, Andy turned himself into a vital piece of the team. In in the ways necessary to fit yep. in, he, that, that, they, that is so valuable. I hope that I hope that coaches all around the league recognize that and are willing to pay guys who are who, who have that attitude because that's what you want, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when you have a bunch of good players, this is true for this year's this this next season's Jazz team. They've got guys who can score. But if if uh, if Bogdanovich is concerned only about getting his own. That'll be a poison in that locker room that won't sit well, and it certainly won't help the Jazz win. It's why I think there's probably a lot of contention down in Houston, because I'm sure Chris Paul looks at James Harden uh, dominating the ball all the time and thinks, well, I can't go get mine. I don't have the ball. And it's not just that he can't go get his as far as stats go. He's being kind of frozen out of the game. Right. Like, what am I here for? Making $40 a year. I mean, if you're, what do you think if you're Russell Westbrook's teammate and you've been basically given the instruction, whether it's been official or, you know, unofficial, uh, you better get out of the way so we can grab that rebound. Oh, man, I hate what, that. What would you think? Honestly, how do you, how I, do you I, think I, teammates view that? I think they hate it, Un- unless it's the only thing that's possible in order to give your team a chance to win. And then you'd have to be willing to sacrifice give that kind of uh, birth for him to to do that. I don't think that's the best way to win games. But no, but that's ridiculous because you're getting the rebound either way. I mean, your team's getting the rebound. Whether you get it or Russell gets it, I mean, how does that affect winning? You're still getting the rebound. Well, I'm talking about just the concentration of usage. Okay. I, uh, oh, okay, I got, I'm talking something as trivial as you better not grab that board. That board is mine because oh, I'm going to yeah. go. And, and and it it promotes the attitude of you know what you should be happy I'm right, here. Right. You should be happy that I'm out here on this team and that uh, you consider yourself lucky that I'm playing with you. So you better get out of the way and let me grab that rebound, or else I might take my bat and ball and go home. I wonder if guys have actually gotten in a dispute, gotten in a in some sort of fight over, hey, man, those two rebounds were mine. Oh, I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you hear about that as far as shots, but I wonder if it, it translates to the other end of the floor, too. Like, hey, man, that was mine. And sometimes you'll see two players, either one could have gotten the rebound, Yep. but one of them takes it and the other one doesn't. You think uh, John Stockton got bent out of shape if Carl took an extra dribble before making the basket? Well, he'd get credit for the assist anyway. Well, an extra, well, what do they, you get two dribbles or whatever. What if he took three? You think John's <laughs> looking at him like, hey, hey, two dribbles, bruh. I, he might. You think Carl ever looked at Mark Eaton, you know, kind of like, 
Hey, Mark, that was that was my rebound, man. I think it's okay to pay attention to statistics like that, Jake. But but if it it is your major concern, then you got a problem as a basketball player or in any other sport for that matter. Uh, you've got to concentrate on winning, doing whatever's necessary to help the team win. And uh, first and foremost, the points will come if you're good enough, uh, generally speaking. But you bring up a great the case of Derek Favors. He was not getting the opportunity to score the way he once did. And the Jazz made him valuable anyway. I think it's why we should appreciate Steph Curry more than we do. Imagine being the MVP, winning rings, being the guy. You know, people were talking about how he was better than LeBron for a couple of years there. And you welcome Kevin Durant onto your roster, a guy that you're going to have to make way for, if you know what I mean. Kevin Durant. That or you were glad to have somebody else carry the burden. Kevin Durant took a bite out of one player's production on that team, and that was Steph Curry. Steph Curry went from us talking about him being the best in the game to one of the best, and he did it on purpose because he knew adding Kevin Durant was going to make that squad invincible. You think Steph needs more love? See, I think that's what he said, though. I, I think that's what he said to himself is like, I'm, I'm going to go get the championships. I'll get plenty of credit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's like, is there ever enough money? You know, have you ever earned enough money? Have you ever uh, received enough love? There's not a, a, a point where you're, you're turning down compliments because, okay, oh, I've been complimented I, see, enough. I, I know it's easy to say that, that you would do that, but if, I, I don't know what another million means, you know, really. You're crazy. Oh, I, no, I'm not. You think Jeff Bezos somewhere is like, you know what? I'm good. I'm fine. How much is enough? How much is too much? There isn't. People are focusing on these things. You can never get enough credit. You can never get enough love. That's not true. That is true. It's not true. Tell me it's not true. Next time somebody compliments you, Gordon, I want you to say, nope, not going to accept it. I get plenty of compliments. Thank you. You can keep that one to yourself. Well, that, that's, that's, I mean, but if that's all you're looking for, then... And you're going to create a weakness within yourself if you're going to depend on that. That sort of could thing. be true, but I'm just saying that in order to sacrifice some of that, that is a sacrifice. I did jokingly once uh, tell somebody at the station here that uh, when I was uh, working on a new deal many years ago, I said, uh, I want $1 more than PK. Mm. I, I didn't mean Enough it. Said. I didn't mean it, but, but I, you did. But I was kidding. But I, I was kidding. It. But I always wanted to say that because that's what you hear, what some players do. And uh, so, anyway, it's it, money. Money isn't going to bring you happiness, Jake. What are one of those things uh, that, out there that you've always wanted to say and never had a chance? I actually, one thing I get always, off my lawn. One thing I, I got to say uh, once that I always wanted to say was I've been thrown out of classier places yeah. than this. I got a chance to say that once. I was pretty proud of myself. I was standing next to a very, very prominent Utah once. Very prominent. Everybody would know his name. We got it. You're very important, Gordon. You have access no. to very important people. No, no, we no. All understand. He, I just happened to be standing next to him, and we were enjoying a conversation about sports. And uh, finally, somebody who was in charge said, uh, you guys got to leave. 
And he said, I've been thrown out of better places than this. And then he realized we were standing in a church, and he said, well, maybe I shouldn't say that here. Did you just one-up my I've been thrown out of classier places than this story? How is that possible? How is that even humanly possible? It's not one-upping. One it's not one-upping. It's contributing to Something the conversation. Something that I always wanted to say, I actually got to say once, and you're like, oh, I have a better story than that. I didn't say it. He did. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Well, you just tried. But I'm confused. Uh, no, How prominent I, was he? I, very prominent. Did he share your last name? No, he didn't. But it was in that ballpark. I think we all got it. Uh, I, I, I'm disturbed. I'm you're, di- you're disturbed? I'm disturbed that you think that that's one-upping that's you. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's, no, that's not- you told a story, and then I told a story. It's not a matter of one-upping. It gets back to the same thing about seeking compliments or looking for more money. See, It see, doesn't matter. You know, we're all contributing here. And I don't care if you make a buck more than me or a buck less than me. Who cares? Life's too short for this kind of nonsense. I didn't even get to tell my story. I, I wasn't greeted with, oh, what place did you get thrown out of, Jake? Why were you thrown out of that place? Why were you ejected from there? No, I got none of that. I got, well, guess what happened to me one time? I didn't realize there was then, more to the story. And then you have to say, I was standing next to somebody very prominent. I mean, you would know who well, this person is. I mean, very, very prominent. I mean, just, just to a me. couple of really important people standing around shooting the breeze. Okay, what's the rest of your story? No, you've lost it now. No, I want to hear. I want to know it. Hmm. No. Did, did you say it? I did say it, and, and I was ha- being ejected from a, a certain establishment. Wh- that where did, were you? That did happen. Tell us. Uh, I was at a bar, watching a concert, and I was uh, I was into the concert. I was. Why'd you get thrown out? So this is the funny part. So I was jumping around the concert, and I was you know, may have been bumping into some people, or you know that's it. You're but out, it was a you concert. Were out, you were out of control. I was borderline out of control. But some people went and complained uh, that I was doing this right, and my buddy Adam, who doesn't look anything like me, but happens to have blonde hair like I do, they thought that you were him. They went up to the the security and said, "There's this blonde guy in there that's really causing some problems." So they went and warned my buddy, who's just standing there. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, dude, you need to calm it down." And of course, the message didn't get to me, so I continued my my behavior. And then they complained about him again. And then next thing I know, I turn around. And my buddy Adam is is being restrained by security. Well, I didn't know it was security. So I lunged at the guy restraining my, my buddy Adam. And then my buddy said, hey, uh, <clears throat> and pointed to his security tag. And at that point, he ejected both of us. And on my way on my way out the door, it was so perfectly you, uh, you timed. Uttered the words. I've been thrown out of classier places than this. I yelled it. It was great. Wow. I didn't see. I didn't even know you had that story to tell. That's that's even worse than one-upping you. It's not even realizing that there was more to the story. I just feel bad for my buddy because he kind of got... He took the brunt of it. He kind of got caught up in the 
in the middle. That of would be really frustrating to be falsely accused like that. He's over there just minding his own business. Next thing you know, he's getting uh, getting that treatment. He really was. Just, he really was just standing there. Well, I'm glad just. you told that story, Jake. I'm glad I gave you the opportunity. <laughs> Thank really you, good. Gordon. Thank you. I've been thrown out of class of your joints than this. Yeah, see? I always wanted to say that, and I got an opportunity, and I remembered to say it, was it when part, it was happening. Yeah, see, you could have let the moment go, right. and it would have been too late. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. They're looking for skilled HVAC te- technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Super Hero team, paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Super Hero team, 801-833-3333, Action Plumbing. And by the way, this was- Was there any prominent guy involved in that story? No. But this is, this was a rock show, and listen, if you are standing- in the front of the stage area, you're going to get bumped into. This yeah, is but what not, I was not upset like that. with. You were pogoing all over the place. You were bumping into I people was on in, purpose. I was into the show, and I you was were not into the show. I was and not. You probably bumping were somewhat uh, uh, inebriated. Well, I think that was really their main problem. Is I, I believe I was spilling beer on. Uh, I oh, see, that you was the, see, you didn't the, tell I was that into part it. I was jumping around you can't and be maybe. Doing that. But if you're right there in front of the stage, you've got to expect some of these things. You Gordon. can't you jump around with a beer in your hand. Move to the back of the room. What, Come put on. on a raincoat. <laughs> that may have been an issue. There may have been some. Some spillage. Some splash. Some splash back there. All right. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Please. You're locked on to The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Join Scotty and Hans coming up tomorrow from noon to 3 at Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Got some reaction from our little exchange in the last segment. Pretty funny, actually. Uh, uh, one of our regular listeners is really quite funny. It's, he is funny. Calvin is. the Bull is hilarious. He says, Gordon, and then uh, a... Uh, colon quote i remember one time someone way 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 more famous than jake said the exact same thing that jake said but way more famously and in a way fancier place (laughs) hashtag story uh story topped that that is a little bit what happened kind of is yeah it it is a little bit what happened (laughs) he's a little on the nose there no However, uh, Utah Jams says, I'm with Gordon. I like to share similar stories to relate to the person I'm speaking to. Some view it as one-upping. I view it as bonding over experiences. See, the key is that I, I need to listen to what you're saying, you know, uh-huh. and not step in in the middle of it right. when you haven't told the story yet. So you got to listen and then you can tell your story, and it's not it's not one-upping, but you have to listen. 
See, it feels because the people that you're saying something to, if they're sitting there looking at you but not really listening, they're thinking of what they're going to say. Uh-huh. That's a problem. Feels like you're just waiting for a break in the conversation to, you know, pounce. Right. All right. Well, then uh, all you people who are actually have friends <laughs> that you meaning talk you with, don't. No, no. <laughs> if you do, if you have friends and you want to keep them. Listen to what they say before you participate. Uh, we're making progress. Yeah. Good, good. Thanks for the for the feedback there from the from the <laughs> listeners. I didn't mean to jump in on. I didn't realize there was more to the story, but there was more to the story. It was a good story. And I'm glad you told it. All right. Uh, real quick, Gordon, and the, there was some updates. We didn't want to dwell on this today because I don't know if it's really worth dwelling on, but uh, based on um, uh, what a big conversation this was on the show a few months ago in the column you wrote. Um, uh, about this and Luke Staley and, and the, the momentum with the BYU honor code that sports really has generated, uh, thought it would be good to update some changes that were made in honor code policy today and okay. announced today mm-hmm. by BYU as they, I guess, uh, are trying to make progress into, I don't know if it's satisfying the uproar or actually doing the right thing, but here are the, here are the changes they've made. Okay. Uh, Students will not uh, will uh, it's this is called the good faith statement. Students will be presumed to not be in violation of an honor code policy unless they either accept responsibility or the investigation process makes such a determination. All right. Well, that's that's pretty fundamentally basic, right? Doesn't seem like you presume someone is innocent. Uh, It's the investigation of it, though, that. I'm not, still not sure about. Yeah, that one is another one of those that, that I saw where, I, and this was some of the original changes that they made. That was another one that I saw that I said, or I thought, well, they're not doing that already? See, I, I think- That's the, not already a thing? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the investi- why investigate? All right, so more of the changes here, Gordon. If somebody wants to come forward and explain to you that something went wrong by their own volition, then go ahead, let them do it. But why are you investigating these? It's short of a predator situation. Why, why, why are you doing that? Well, in that situation, would be for the cops to handle anyway. So, uh, you can now have a support person, Gordon. Students have the option to choose someone, such as a friend, faculty, or staff member, to accompany them in meetings with the Honor Code Office in response to feedback from students. The Honor Code Office website now details the process of bringing such a support person. I wonder if that will include legal representation. Oh, I take my lawyer for sure. <laughs> that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I mean, you don't think of these things, especially if it's involving some sort of moral thing. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, that it has to come to this because that's not the way these things are set up. It's not the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to come from the person who feels contrite over what happened, and then they come forward. You don't go find them and say, look, you did A, B, and C. Um, they, there are now appeals. Gordon, students have the right to appeal a decision if they feel it was not reasonably supported by facts. Uh, the action was too harsh. The office was biased or new information is available that may change the findings. So you can appeal now, although it, it would appear that you're just you appealing, appealing to? to the same people. So I don't know. I'll, it'll be interesting to see how many times an appeal will result in someone of power saying that someone else of power was incorrect. 
And then, Gordon, they're changing the name of the Honor Code employees to uh, reflect their role as student conduct professionals, not therapists, staffers, uh, excuse me, staffers will now be called Honor Code administrators and not counselors. So I guess they used to be called counselors. I thought they were called officers. I don't know. None of this. That was a joke. Oh, none of this does a whole lot for me. I don't think any of this is really groundbreaking. Um, the uh, they've said uh, further changes uh, could be coming as well, but I don't. I don't, I don't understand the need for it. I, I, I just. Uh, I and but believe me, I have immersed myself in all the inner workings of how it happens. I get that. It's not like I'm saying I don't understand it, like I can't comprehend it. I do comprehend it, and that raises more questions. It should be voluntary. It should come from some an individual who then feels contrite and wants to get the business taken care of, unless it's a legal issue. I, I'm with you. I, I think investigation should not be necessary. And I, mean, I know and they're trying to soften the whole idea of... Of the way, you know, uh, ratting out uh, roommates and stuff like that. And I just, it's created such an environment that is unhealthy that I, I, I don't know, I don't know what phraseology they can plug in that will make it less aggressive. I just think they need to get rid of it. That's been my policy all the way along. Or have an honor code, but have it actually be an honor code. Right. That's what it means. Right. On my honor, I will do these things. Yeah. It's 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 been so jacked up for so long that uh, and unnecessarily so. I mean, most of the people who go to BYU, yeah, they some might make mistakes, but you know, if it's a moral issue, then let them approach their ecclesiastical leader and get it taken care of. If if but don't be having the ecclesiastical people, or who or people who play that role, out with a magnifying glass doing a, you know road work trying to figure out what somebody did wrong and it's going to get him in a discipline situation with the school itself. It's just it's backward, man, and it needs to change. It doesn't have to be that way. BYU is such a great place, and it has so many good people down there, and, and it, it can be better, and it doesn't have to be enforced this way. Even if they modify these things, it's still – the problems are in place still because of the fact that they are doing it the way they're doing it. Uh, Clint has a funny tweet in. He says, does this mean we can't make our own soap in our own dorms anymore? Which, of course, is a, a hilarious reference to that. Uh, that, And I believe it was uh, not the dorms, but it was uh, housing near campus where the guy was making meth but told the cops he was making soap. And the cop had that great line, you know how I know this is a meth lab is because it's a meth lab. Yeah. Hilarious. But, but see, that's a legal issue. You know, I know, but that was what, a funny then, tweet. Then, yeah, it is funny. Go ahead and make your own soap. Just don't make meth. All right. Right. Meth still against the honor code. What is in soap? Soap okay. Uh, How do you make soap? Well, if you uh, watch Fight Club, you make it out of uh, human fat. That's not true, though. What, what do you make it out of? I think you render fat to make soap. You do? I think that's a way of doing it, yeah. Huh. All right. Haven't you ever seen Fight Club? No, I haven't. Really? Mm-mm. 
That's a good movie. I know. I've heard people say that, but I've never seen it. You'd like it. I think there was a documentary on making soap. No, but making soap is part of the part of the plot. Okay. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Kick it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, uh, tune in to the Tour of Utah podcast on 1280thezone.com. Podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where best to see the upcoming Tour of Utah. And by the way, uh, subscribe to the Big Show podcasts. We release uh, entire shows, interviews, fun shenanigans. Just uh, search The Big Show wherever you may get your podcast from, and uh, subscribe. Yeah, we would encourage you to do it. And uh, this is my second favorite David, David Gray song. You want to just sit there and enjoy it for a second? or All right. <laughs> we used to run wild on Saturday nights. Uh, some Saturday nights I, I was known Apparently to, so. to do that. You thrown out of concerts and stuff. That was a Thursday night, but oh. sure. <laughs> All right. Well, didn't Elton sing the song Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting? I don't know if that would give permission. And there was no real fighting involved. Yeah. Well, well, what was it then? It was a a misunderstanding. Ah. And there was some spilling involved, I suppose. Oh, in your case. I thought you were talking about Elton. Oh, in Elton's case, I don't know who Elton John was fighting. Did you see Rocket Man? I did. What'd you think? Um... It wasn't what I was expecting. I, I liked it, but I was expecting more of a biopic, you know, and it, it really more was information about his Yeah, yeah. It really uh, wasn't it really wasn't that. It it more reminded me of like a musical. Hmm. But it, it, I thought it was good. The guy who played Elton John I thought was terrific. I've seen him in other things. Well, he was good in then. What was that other show he was in about uh the uh British uh society thing that uh yeah what was it the called? british society yeah, oh that narrows it down <laughs> mary poppins the kingsman yeah kingsman okay yeah i've right. not seen that movie but right. but i yeah I, I thought rocket man was good i've got my tickets to see sir elton when he's going to be here in the fall i do too i can't wait i'm i'm really excited i've seen i've seen elton twice and both shows were absolutely terrific never seen elton john never never oh you're gonna love it yeah, I mean, to it. I'll tell you this: he doesn't he doesn't quite hit the high notes that he used to. Yeah, you know, and he's adjusted some of the some of the pitch. But let me tell you, he can still play that piano something fierce. Yeah, I'm looking he's forward. So to it. good. It's 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 his final tour, right? Isn't that what yep. he is labeled as? Uh huh. And I figured uh, since uh, Elton, a good portion of his songs were part of my childhood and growing up and. Uh, then why wouldn't I uh, go see the man in person? I never took advantage of seeing his show in Vegas. There was a time when I had an opportunity to see him for free, and I didn't. Uh, so now's the time, right? Better late than never. Way to go. Way to pass up on that one. Favorite Elton John song? Wow, that's a tough one. It might be Rocket Man. I'd ask Talon what his favorite Elton John song is, but he's probably never heard of him. Your song Curse is, you. Tiny it, Dancer. It was an absolute Tiny Dancer's terrific Madman across the water, all that stuff, and take it through a pilot. All good. 
Well, I mean, he had so many. I mean, where do you draw that line? You know, at one of the concerts that I've seen him at, he, ta- he talked about Tiny Dancer, and he said it really wasn't uh, a hit at all when he came out with it. It was just kind of one of those songs that was, I don't know if it was on the B-side or not, but, you know, kind of more along the deep tracks thing. And then the, the movie Almost Famous came out uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, that song was famous before that. But it, it, this, this is straight out of Elton's mouth. He said it's now his most requested song when he goes out to uh, to perform. It's now like his most popular. The His point was the younger generation, it's interesting that they latched on to that song. Mm. When it initially came out, that wasn't necessarily the song that everybody latched on to. That was a song, a very popular song in, in, in my realm as a kid and uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, he, it's, uh, yeah, it's, man, I've been thinking about that since you said it, man. There's so many terrific songs that... Uh, and Bernie was writing them all, right? The lyrics. How, how did that work? Did uh, did did uh, Bernie come up with the lyrics first, and then Elton put them to music, or did he did Elton have a song, and then Bernie would plug the words in? Well, and this is one thing that surprised me about the movie. If you believe the movie, it was the lyrics first, then yeah. the music after that, which really which really surprised me because you would think the music would be first, and then the lyrics are worked into it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it went both ways. Like I know yes. Aerosmith, for example, they always wrote the music first, and then Steven Tyler wrote the lyrics huh. after. Okay. Because I read uh, their autobiography, Aerosmith's autobiography, and there were some moments where everybody was pretty mad at Steven because he didn't write any lyrics would just show up and they were like so what are the lyrics and he uh, I'll and make them up as I like go. had to like duck into the hallway and scratch down some lyrics real quick <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear some Aerosmith lyrics and go boy those aren't really in depth well yeah because he wrote well, them in like know, two say, minutes somebody might look at it like how are you gonna people say do you have a name for your new baby and and before the baby's born they say no I can't name the baby until I see the baby you know not that babies, you know, does one baby look like a Max and another baby look like a Paul? Uh, they look like a baby, right? I mean, anyway, so it, your point my here? point is, so maybe you got to hear the music before you can write the lyrics because you, you, you've got to be able to see it. Or same thing with the word. You know, sometimes you got to see the words and then the words move you to go ahead and write the music. I, it would be, I would have liked to be a songwriter. I think I could have done that. You do? Yeah. Write the, the, the lyrics, the music not or the, the music. The, the lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah. Man, there'd be a lot of songs about cheese. <laughs> Probably so. A lot of cheese songs out there. <laughs> Wouldn't want to make it too cheesy, but you know. Anyway. Here comes Monson's next hit, For the Love of Cheddar. No, I would have played the role of Bernie. Okay. The musical talent would have had to come from somewhere else. Anyway. Elton John's next hit. Who's the most the good the good of Gouda? Who who's the <laughs> who's some people might say of a certain age that Elton John is one of the most influential musicians of their lifetime. Uh, who who's yours? Well, I'm not a musician. Why would I be influenced? The most influential musician yeah, of my that, lifetime that influenced your life. That influenced my life? It had an impact on your life. Hmm. Kenny Loggins. (laughs) I live my life in the danger zone, Gordon. Uh, uh, Don't fight it. Uh Isn't that the song he and Steve Ferry did? 
Or how about no, uh, no, don't fight it? Uh-huh. Don't fight it. I'm all right, Gordon. <laughs> As long as I go home and uh, get to... You look a little bit like a gopher over there. Get to go home and imagine myself Pardon at... Me uh, if we kill all the gophers, won't they throw us in jail for that? Poo corner. All right, we'll have more coming up next. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.